Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,288. This week on Cars Yeah, I'm celebrating the Greenwich Concord Elegance that takes place on May 31st through June 2nd. You can learn a lot more at GreenwichConcord.com. And I'm pretty much convinced that if none of us had deadlines, I think I'd probably still be working on the one that I started in 94. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from New York City, Rupert Banner. Hey, Rupert, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, yeah, I am. Always, <laughs> always. Rupert Banner is the group motor director based at Bonhams, New York, and is responsible for overseeing the international motoring department there. He is an auctioneer, a business getter, a cataloger, a researcher, and valuer with over 25 years of experience in the auction industry at all three major international houses. In 1994, he began converting his lifelong automotive enthusiasm into a career which he has included for 13 years, two other major fine art auction houses, and for the last dozen years, he's been at Bonhams. And the most car-centric of the three would be Bonhams. He has handled numerous major collection auctions, including celebrities, large collections, and automobile museums. Throughout, he has reigned an overriding passion for the cars of the dawn of motoring, campaigning a variety of jalopies, on the British London to Brighton Run each November since the 1980s. That sounds like a lot of fun. And by the way, listeners, Bonhams will be holding an auction at this year's Greenwich Concord Elegance that we are promoting this week here on Cars Yeah. So, Rupert, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your career and a very obvious passion you have for fine old automobiles? Well, yeah, Mark, I've always, always had a passion for cars. I, we ran around looking at cars as, as kids, but we always went to auctions as well. And uh, somewhere along the line, my misspent use of going to auctions and looking up what things were worth and monitoring prices uh, turned itself into a career. And um, this information that had distracted me from my education became useful. <laughs> I think so. Just a little bit. It certainly has been something you've wrapped your life around. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start this way. I like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. I know you love to drive, so Rupert, take the wheel. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I would uh, I would always cite the uh, the phrase that uh, is is everyone needs deadlines. Uh, I'm actually my my basis is really uh, as much uh, as much behind the scenes of an auction is is the the brochure, the catalogue that we put together, and um, for for that there are you know there are numerous people who are, are out there taking photographs for us. Uh, there are people who are writing. There are people who are the printers. You know, and on various aspects, I, I'm part of that, and I'm pretty much convinced that if not of us had deadlines, I think I'd probably still be working on the one that I started in 94. Uh, I actually didn't know who that was attributed to, and I looked it up uh, the other day, and it, it puts it down as Walt Disney coming up with that. So I, I'm kind of pleased it wasn't <laughs> Al Capone or someone, someone yeah. worse, but uh, I'm yeah. happy with that. So that's my mantra. Well, Walt Disney, now there's the guy that got things done. Uh, I worked at a catalog business for, well, over 30 years and talk about deadlines and having to get to press on time. Otherwise, the book was not in the mail. 
I always go to these fine auctions that you guys at Bonhams put on, and they're great fun. I love the way you do everything. And those books that you put together, I, I save them all. They are beautiful. Well, thank thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, they are they're a labor of love, but I uh, I must say that you're you're not the only one who retains them, and um, I guess we're we're all collectors at heart, and uh, so we collect these these nice brochures. So it's always a it's always a nice souvenir to see them on people's shelves, and I must say my shelves are absolutely stacked full of my endeavors and those of others. Yeah, well, those are your babies, you know. You you can't toss those away, but. Uh... Yeah, even my wife would go, why do you keep all these things? And I go, well, they're full of really good information, things I can go back and glean from and so forth. So, uh, And they're just so beautifully done. So kudos to you and your team. I know it takes a lot of people to put those together. You guys do a fantastic job. Would you share a story with me that instigated your personal passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment in your life and you knew you were indeed a car guy? Yeah, I think, I mean, I was, I was surrounded by cars from quite an early age. Uh, my father got into the car hobby when I was sort of four or five years old, something like that. And, and so we were sort of uh, fueling each other's interest really. But, um, I, I must say that my earliest sort of memories of playing around with cars were going actually in old vintage sedans and going as a family, sort of car gatherings, you know, seeing great cars, bumping into people, having picnics maybe. We used to go to things called Wings and Wheels where you'd see, you know, aircraft would fly overhead and we'd all be parked up in old cars. And I, I just, you know, from, from that moment, the sort of the, the old car smell of the interior and the, you know, the purely mechanical sounds as you drove along there and, and just the, this, the, actually the, the camaraderie of it all, getting, getting together and, and, and that I, I just love. So I, I guess that's probably, I can, uh, my, my head was small enough to put myself out of a, uh, out of the vent on the top of a car in those days. So I must have been pretty small. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Where did you grow up, Rupert? Uh, I grew up uh, a little bit outside of London to the east of London. So you're out in the country. You know, you painted a beautiful picture there. I was sitting there with a huge smile on my face thinking of a wee little lad going out in the country with a family with a picnic on the back of the car in a big basket and parking in a hillside and watching the planes and the cars drive. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you painted a very nice picture for us there. That's fantastic. Just that it. was, yeah. I, I guess that's the earliest thing I can remember. Very nice. Well, you've picked a career, the auction business, that is fraught with ups and downs, highs and lows, and a number of immense challenges. I would love for you to talk to us about a big challenge or even a big failure that you face in your career. More importantly, though, is what did it teach you so you can move forward in a positive direction? So kind of take us to that place, if you would. Yeah, I guess, I mean, the auctions, as you've quite rightly said, are a really big production in many factors. Um, but I, I must say that really I, I'm most passionate about actually winning the business that we get and also then selling the business that we get, you know, and doing the very best job for people. I mean, people people bring their car to auction to, to maximize the amount of money they might get for it. So I'm always, you know, it's very, it's in, ingrained in my soul to make sure that you do the best job. But despite all of that, you know, there are occasions where you don't win the deal. You don't get the deal in the first place, no matter how hard you try. And occasionally there are cars that even though you put absolutely your heart and soul into them, that you don't actually sell. And uh, I think those are probably the biggest challenges that I faced. In the early days of doing this, you know, that would be quite a shock to my system. It would uh, take me a little while to get over that. But a slightly older colleague than, than I said, you know, well, what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And so I, I kind of <laughs> yeah. learned over time to, to put them in a box and, and shelve them and, and move on. And I, I, that really helps a lot. I, 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 think you, I think you have to. There are, there are all sorts of things that you could, you could dwell on for, um, 
you know, weeks, months, maybe even years. But you, you've got to you know, look forward, get on and, and put these things behind you. Well, there's so many things out of your control in the world of auctions. And when you think about selling fine automobiles or when we were doing our pre-show chat, you were working today on selling some fine art. Um, so many things that are out of your control with the economy, the nature of things. How do you see the uh, old car auction business and, and cars in general, say for the remainder of this year? And I know this is a big crystal ball question, but what are you seeing that's working well this year as far as cars, generations of cars, brass era, pre-war, post-war sports cars and things, and some that maybe are going to be struggling? It's already been a year, I think, where we've seen uh, a little bit of consolidation and just uh, people thinking carefully about what they the, what they are actually are buying. There are definitely some of the more perhaps readily available or, or cars that people have choice that, that are sort of settling down in value where they had been quite frothy. Um, along Alongside that, we're still seeing that there are many collectors who active buyers. There are plenty of people who are coming into it. They are looking at the opportunities and they're judging them accordingly, where there are things that they just wouldn't have had the opportunity to buy or they're allowed to dictate the price in the market, perhaps in a no-reserve scenario. Um, we're seeing them do very well. You know, where perhaps uh, an unrealistic expectation or even even what seems a realistic expectation is, is being chased, the buyers are really in control at the moment. And, uh, you know, it's not, um, you know, not every every situation is a win at the moment, but it, it's just lots of people in. There are lots of people enjoying it still. And uh, I think I think when we, as we round out the year, we'll see that, uh, you know, there, there were very few casualties in it. It was just a, a thinking year. And, as a, you know, occasionally over time, we see a few pauses in the market, but the underlying current has always been upward. And uh, in terms of growth, we're always seeing more people coming into it. So I, I think it's just one of those pauses that, um, that we've seen. Talking about people coming into the market, are you seeing any kind of growth with a younger buyer coming into the auction market? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, there are, there are all sorts of younger buyers coming in. Um, there are people, uh, I think, I mean, to a certain degree, there is a, there's a point at which people start to have some disposable income that they can actually enjoy and, and, and spend on cars. You know, that, that isn't necessarily when you're a teenager, uh, as you, as you, you know, usually they, they get a bit more settled in business or whatever and they have, um, they have you know, some funds to start to enjoy. And, uh, you know, at that stage in life, people are very much coming into the, this is a hobby and, you know, as in a passion. And to a certain degree, they, they think of them as an asset. But there's, the main thing seems to be that people come in because they want to go out there, enjoy themselves, meet people and get together. So I, I find it as sort of a social magnet, really, the whole thing, actually. It's more fashionable. I, I would have to say it's certainly more fashionable than when I first started doing it, and I, I can only see it increasing, really. Well, I think it's great. One of the trends I seem to notice are younger people that are able to, let's say, when I say younger, I'm talking about 30, people in their 30s, maybe even early 40s, but people that have not been in this sector. But those are, I see more and more of those folks, they want to use the cars. They're buying cars they can drive, that they can enjoy, they can participate with their friends, and like you say, that brings people together. The car industry always has, whether it's new cars or old cars or collector cars or Concours events. That's a great thing about them, but I'm happy to hear that. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle. I think there's probably a car in your life that was the first one that was special for you, and tell us uh, about a special memory you have about that ride. 
Yeah, actually, I, um, I, I mentioned, or you mentioned that, um, I've always had a, an interest in the very early cars, and, uh, we had, we had a few yes. early cars in, in my family, and, um, one of those was a, was a 1903 Didion Bouton, um, which is, uh, a relatively modest, uh, size, uh, single cylinder, six horsepower, uh, under the hood, and, uh, two speeds um which seems very basic but the french were quite advanced in their industry in in those days and this is ra- almost mass produced car but they were they there are a number of survivors and we were very lucky to have one in our in our household you know i partnered uh, my father as a, a sort of navigator and general help on a number of events but i, I remember one particular event about 20 years ago when he said you know you why, why don't you drive the car and uh, I, I we switched seats and uh, we're actually driving up and down and around paris on a, on a particular tour and mm-hmm. uh, it was a complete baptism of fire and all these sort of levers and, and knobs and things that uh, i'd watched him sort of wrestling i suddenly were under my control and i sort of had to had to work it all out you know actually i, I really just i just loved learning you know the, how the how the car was reacting and the to the the sort of minor adjustments that you were making and the sounds and learning to sort of literally with those cars you really can you're very close to the engine and you can you can really hear the engine and uh with one cylinder you know that when it's laboring you haven't got anything else to rely on so you you have to you have to use your instincts pretty quickly and i i must say i, I really got to grips with the with the car and i i absolutely loved it and then the, there came a day when my father said you know i, I think i want something different so i, I had to buy it from him because I, I just couldn't see it leave the family <laughs> it was just uh, so that's that's always been a special car to me actually well that is a I, that's got to be one of the most unique answers to this question i've ever heard uh, if my memory's right that company in 1900 or so was the largest automobile manufacturer in the world, I believe. I mean, people don't know about it now, but back in the day, it was kind of cutting edge of what they were doing. They were building a lot of cars and, and a lot of engines, if I remember right. Masses of engines, actually. They, they made, they made, you can still find these things that are paperweights, which they made at uh, various junctures of, of what they'd achieved. And, you know, there are, I'm pretty sure there are paperweights with 25,000, 50,000, even 100,000 engines as, as momentum. Wow. So they were, they were doing that. And of course, while we, while we don't know the brand, we, uh, we all, uh, well, certainly a lot of us know about the, the floating rear end that they came up with that is actually, uh, was actually invented by Mr. Trapadu, who was a partner of the Dion and Bouton. And, uh, but for, for, to this day, people refer to a the Dion rear end. And, uh, that, that bit they came, they did come up with. So <laughs> they have some legacy in the, in the, uh, in the automotive world. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, quite a legacy, especially for a car that most people go, well, what? <laughs> so if you do a little research on them, they're quite outstanding. Very delicate cars, too, when you look at them. How about Sellers Remorse? Is there a vehicle in your life that you've let go that you do? Man, what did I do that for? Honestly, I, I don't look backwards at all. Uh, it's not it's not my thing to look backwards. I uh, if if anyone were were listening and they they happen to own a car I've owned and they want to give it to me, I'd, I'd gladly take it as a gift. But honestly, I'm much more focused on the next one than the last one, uh, as I am in my business. And it's it's not it's not something I dwell on. Well, you know, I almost think you have to have that thick skin because if I worked in the industry you worked in, I'd want to keep everything that came to me that I was trying to sell for clients. Like, oh, I want that. I want that. I mean, you got to kind of remove that that passion part, I guess, and say, okay, I'm here to sell this car for you, not to keep this car uh, in my garage. That's got to be very, very challenging for sure. Well, I'm glad that you don't have that thought process. I wish I could forget some of the cars I've let go that I wish I had back. Well, I would love for you to tell our listeners a lot more about Bonhams, 
explain the philosophy of Bonhams. Bonhams is a very special auction house. They do things very differently. And also your involvement with the 24th Annual Greenwich Concours d'Elegance this year. Yeah, certainly. I, I, well, Bonhams, um, Bonhams is hugely passionate about automobiles. We we have, I guess, we've over the course of at least 20 years, we've brought together people who have been in the industry for uh, more than 40 years uh, across the globe, really. And now we have a, a team that I would say has been together almost in its entirety for at least uh, at least 12 years. Certainly, um, a lot of it has been together more more like 15 and 20 years. And you know, absolutely from the top of our business down alongside all of the other wonderful things that we sell, like jewelry and furniture and uh, contemporary art and uh, impressionist art and watches and wine, um, you know, cars are, cars are a major part of that. Over the years, we've developed relationships with place, wonderful places like uh, Goodwood, of course, where they have the, the Festival of Speed and the wonderful revival meetings and the, at the race circuit. Um, we've developed relationships with museums where we hold auctions and various sort of events where we, where we're literally sort of become, become part of the hobby as well ourselves. So, uh, Bonhams, Bonhams is a very international business with offices set up in, in, in Paris and Brussels and London and New York and Los Angeles and, you know, and further afield. One of those events is, of course, the Greenwich Concourse, which uh, I personally have sort of had an association with for many years. And as I arrived at Bonhams, I was delighted to uh, say that we, we should be part of that as a company. Um, we've, uh, we've been holding sales there since 2008. Uh, during which we've just seen the, I guess, uh, an element of the market, but also of our own careful sort of and, and for a careful focus on the New England market um, developed literally from a sale that was perhaps a, a million and a half as a hammer price to a, a sale that collectively now can be seven, eight, nine, maybe even ten million as it was last year. So it's really, it's really something that we've been we've been part of, and, and the, the very nice thing as well is that uh, just as local enthusiasts, we've also been able to help the organizers as they've gone through various transitions and uh, after the loss of the, the founder a couple of years ago it's just been great to to, to help support it and uh, and see it grow and it really has i mean last year's cunningham exhibition was just absolutely world class and this year we're going to have Zagatos there and and arnold's and bentley's and all, all sorts of wonderful things which i think uh, are really putting it into a, a class of its own in the northeast Absolutely. Mary Winterstrom, of course, uh, grabbed that football and carried it forward uh, after her father-in-law passed. And uh, they've done, she and her team have done a fantastic job. I'll encourage our listeners, if you've not visited Bonham's website, you need to go. And the first thing you may notice if you just go to Bonham's.com, you go, where are the cars? Because you guys sell so many cool things. And the problem I have when I go to your website is I get immersed in all of the beautiful pieces you sell of art and jewelry and furniture and I, wait, I was here to look at cars. What? what, what am, but there's just so much there. It, it, pour yourself a nice drink, take a nice evening, and go to the website. Uh, it's just absolutely fantastic. Even if if the things they sell there are not things that you can probably write a check for, you will be delighted at the um, and amazed uh, at the beautiful design and artwork that is Bonhams, and of course the cars as well. So I'll make sure I put links to those on Rupert's. Show notes page in the Cars Yacht website. Well, Rupert, up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yacht sponsors. Hey, fellow automotive enthusiasts, you know I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products since 1975. That's right, all the way back to my high school days. Want to keep your vehicle's exterior and interior looking new? It's easy with a Covercraft car cover. 
A car cover is the best way to keep your vehicle looking great for years to come. Car covers protect your paint from fallout, birds, dust, rain, insects, and pollen. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. I use my Covercraft car covers every single day. Right now, you can get 10% off all Covercraft custom car covers or their ready-fit car covers. Plus, they offer you over 15 quality fabrics to choose from. Their spring sale is from April 15th through June 16th, 2019. Order direct at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah! podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah! TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah! is now on MAV-TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah! guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MAVTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah! TV. MAV-TV is also available on DirecTV, FuboTV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MAVTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Rupert, we are back. And I have a bit of an introspective question for you. This is going to delve deep in your mind. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle parked in the garage, actually manifested into a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a fine gentleman, what would Rupert be and why? Uh, you know, I did. Uh, I, I did. I was aware of this question, and I sort of t- took some uh, some pondering and thought about it. And uh, good. I. Uh, Given it some thought, I'm going to uh, say that I'd like to see, I would be a, a Bentley Turbo RT, uh, which Ooh. will seem, given um, that generally my interests of pre-war would seem rather strange, but I, I had the great pleasure of selling uh, Sir Elton John's cars a few years ago, and uh, one of those in there was one of these, and I had the pleasure of driving it for uh, a number of miles, and I think I, I was trying to sum up the characteristics that, that might reflect me, and this, this car suddenly popped into my mind. So in the ingredients, I would call as being English, of course, uh, slightly old-fashioned, which I I would say I am. It's certainly sporting. It's it's fast when necessary, um, which I think I would say I am. (laughs) Um, And dare I say it, unmistakably classy. But uh, that's Uh, that's, that's where I went with. Yeah. Now that car was what, 97, 98, somewhere in there? Somewhere, a little bit earlier, but yeah, somewhere in that. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Late, yeah. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. And I like the way you said that. Uh, it's kind of like when you look in a Rolls Royce, and what's the horsepower? Adequate. So, uh, yeah, I think that's very nicely done. I can see that for you, Rupert. Well, we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of that Bentley throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice? And I'll kind of give a twist to this. When you're buying a car in an auction, Ah, buy buy with your um, buy with your heart, I think, rather than your head. 
would be my advice. I think there's a there's a temptation to purely buy with a, a financial idea or to ask your friend what's uh, what's the best thing to have. How can I make some money on a car? All this sort of stuff. But I find generally you you should really go for something that actually lights your own fire because you know they, owning car ownership is is a journey. You know it might be something that you find you have to spend more on to get it restored. It might be something that one day lets you down and you're broken down by the side of the road and you you really want to kill it. Uh, if you're sitting there and you're looking at something that really wasn't your idea and it wasn't your budget and it, it wasn't actually something that you had any passion for, uh, you're not really going to enjoy that experience. Whereas if you if you loved it in the first place anyway, you know these things will be much more tolerable. And if you really look in the history books, the, the guys, the guys who everyone perceives as the genius collectors, really did exactly that. They they bought what they loved, and uh, it's it's purely a coincidence that that they look like geniuses now. There you go. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Uh, I would say it's, this will sound a bit like the Bedley, a bit a bit uh, anachronistic, perhaps, but um, I honestly write. I write things down. Um, it's a modern uh-huh. world. It's hugely old-fashioned to commit things to paper, but I do find it just records them indelibly in my mind. And uh, yes. sometimes, even if I lose that piece of paper, some it, it's definitely in my mind. Whereas if I, I write something in a computer or I put it in a a calendar or some, a modern calendar, it, it, it doesn't seem to re- sort of log in the same fashion, I'm afraid. Yeah, I do the same thing, and I find that you're right. For some reason, uh, it just kind of sticks in my mind. My daughter gave me this, uh, I think it was called uh, North Books, the little, little ledger books, and I just find if I put my thoughts and notes in there, they kind of stick in my head a little bit better. Uh, so many things you type out real quick, and they're just flaming, fleeting moment, and then they're gone. So very nicely done. How about a resource? There are so many great resources these days. Is there one you would like to recommend? Oh, absolutely. I am the Hammer Price app. I uh, it's a it's a brilliant resource. It's created and actually run by a friend of mine, Harley Cluxton the fourth. Um, sort of Harley Cluxton the third is also a great friend of mine. Uh, I guess it's the only downside I've I've found is it's, is it's actually so good that it provides me with the information I need. And I I find that I I where I always used to go to uh, as many auctions as I possibly could. Sometimes I'm now getting the information and uh, without even going there. So I, I kick it, but I think it's a brilliant resource and. Uh, I think it's helping everyone, frankly. Well, uh, I'll say both of those uh, friends of yours, the Cluxons, have both been guests here on Cars, yeah? So you're in great company now, great guys. And when uh, the uh, younger of the two launched Tamar Price, he came on the show and we presented that to the Cars, yeah? listeners. Uh, it's a pretty cool app. Yeah, very, very nice. If I could wave my magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Well, I'm going to preempt it by saying that I, I'm actually in just this most wonderful position over a number of years of, of having having had uh, the opportunity to, to yes. uh, have uh, have uh, some time with with great collectors that are, are still alive and some that I'm afraid are, are no longer with us. But I, I think I think really the one that I would have to choose would be Bill Harra because I, I didn't have the opportunity to meet Bill Harra. I'm, I'm a little bit too young to have done that. But uh, to this day, no one really has collected on the scale that he did with the sort of breadth of content and really the desire to restore things to the with a sort of degree of uh, incredible accuracy that he did. And I, and I think, I, I really think he's a sort of, he's a true inspiration. And um, I do hope that somebody perhaps will come into the, the market one day and then and they will emulate him on that scale. But I, I, I fear that the, 
the availability of the resource and and just the sheer willing and cost of actually uh, achieving what he did is is probably not possible. But I, I would love to yeah. I'd love to sit down with him and sort of just review you know what 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 inspired him to to actually go really for the scale and to actually really really tell the whole journey through the through the um, the history of the automobile because definitely an incredible collector for sure. Oh my gosh, yeah, beyond imagination. I think you're right. Someone trying to do that today would have to have a very, very, very large checkbook and a lot of knowledge. Uh, but uh, who knows? We never know. If uh, Is there a book that you think our listeners would enjoy reading that you've enjoyed? Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is going to be probably the most obscure one you've ever heard. But uh, the book is called Horseless Carriage Days. It is written by a man named Hiram Percy Maxim. And it, uh, it is actually an amazing retrospective record written, I think, in the 30s, but about the very early days of motoring and really one person, his, his influence on the early automobile in America uh, from quite literally the start of setting light to gasoline and refining the balance of the mixture to then making his own car and driving it on dirt tracks into New York City. Um, it, it's really, it's just a great read and it, um, you know, it's uh, sometimes it's, it's sort of overlooked in the um, particularly sort of safe environment in which a, a motor car is these days that you are open to the elements and that you, that we are setting light to gasoline. Um, but it's, it's not lost on him because that's exactly what he was doing. And it's, it's just fascinating to read that. Nobody has recommended that book, which is pretty impressive because having interviewed close to 1300 people now, uh, I, I hear a lot of the same books over and over, but I'll have to look that one up. Do you know if it's still in press or is that one of those that we'll have to find on eBay or in the I, bookstore? Yeah, I get, I get it on eBay. The, the, I think the first edition um, is, is sort of has sort of jagged edges of paper and is, is actually get, it's getting a bit expensive. But uh, I literally just found a, a paperback copy of it, so uh, which which obviously has the whole story in there. So uh, you, you can you can find you can find the story if, you, if even if you can't find the, the sort of the, the oldest versions of it. There you go. I'll remind our listeners you can find all these great links that Rupert has shared today on his very own. Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Rupert Banner, and his page will pop right up. All right, Rupert, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question could be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet today. That is difficult in and of itself to choose from, but I'm going to make it harder. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with, so that little trick's off the table. Can't put it up to auction. I want you to drive it, so no garage queens allowed here. This is a car you need to get in and enjoy. But here's the kicker. It's the only collector car that you can own. What's it going to be? Well, it, you'll, you'll think it's because of the value, but it's uh, given the criteria that you've, you've given there, it's, it's not actually about the value. My, my, my choice would be a short chassis Alfa Romeo 8C 2.3 liter from, uh, from the early 1930s. Uh, and the, the reason, they're just absolutely wonderful cars, but there, there really are very, very few pre-war cars that I think can hold their own with cars of the successive generations. And I, I think that these cars, they really can in terms of the design, in terms of the performance. I mean, in, in, back in the day, people, they drove them to races, they, you know, they took the, took the fenders off, they won the race, they put the fenders back on, and they, and they drove home. A self-confessed Bugatti nut as well, but the, the Alpha was a more, a more, more reliable and tractable machine. And I, I just think uh, you know if you had a, if you have something like a, a touring bodied uh, spider, it's it's you know it really it's, it's beautiful to look at. And then you you lift the lift the hood and you're looking at this this just 
beautiful piece of engineering as well that the Jano designed or the base the, the successor to the Jano designed twin cam engines and it, it's with their they've got these most exquisite castings and the, the whole thing whether it's on the move or standing still or you're you're driving it it's sort of visceral experience but I you know you could really live with that and you could you could keep up with most cars at modern speeds and yeah that that would be it I think it would have to be it <laughs> you could really live with that there's a quote I'm going to put under Rupert's headline here. You could really live with that. An Alpha HC. Yeah, I think so. Just a little bit. Well, I'm not surprised at the level which car you chose here. I was really anxious to hear what you were going to going to pick up. I'm a little surprised that it's not an English car. It's an Italian car, but I know why, because those cars are very, very special cars indeed. Oh my gosh. Well, Rupert, you've taken me on a great ride today. Really enjoyed talking with you. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey. Would you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in your very own Alfa Romeo 8C? Yeah, I, I, I mean, from my from my perspective, I'm I'm really very lucky to have found a job where no two days are the same, where there are just always exciting things ahead of me, and where I really enjoy what I do. Um, but I can also balance the the time with my family life. Uh, sometimes I think probably those characteristics are overlooked purely for dollars and cents. Uh, I think yeah. you, you, we all only get one go at this. So I, I recommend making sure that you can actually have the right balance of the things that are important to you. Yes, very, very important. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Bonhams? Very simply, bonhams.com. Um, you, you'll find me in there. Absolutely. I'll remind our listeners, I will put links to that. If you've not enjoyed a Bonhams, if you've not enjoyed an auction, you must go. They are really, really exciting. I'll tell you, Rupert, my wife is not really into cars at all, but I took her to an auction during Pebble Beach Car Week once, and she really thought it was cool. My daughter thought it was even more cool, and she's not into cars at all. I couldn't drag them out of there. I wanted to get home because we had to get up early for another show, and they wanted to stay to the end. So I encourage listeners to go enjoy an auction and also go check out Bottoms.com. You will be there for a long time, I guarantee you. There are so many beautiful things that Bottoms opens your eyes to and makes available to you. It's a wonderful delight. And don't forget to visit GreenwichConcord.com. If you can attend it, you can attend the Bottoms auction. It's absolutely fantastic. Rupert, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPIC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!